you know, I say this all the time, but you know, really start with the why, not the what, like, why do you exist and how are you making people's lives better? Welcome back to Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films, the show that brings you direct access to tips and insights from today's marketing thought leaders. Our passion in our commercials and on the show is to help companies create marketing that is honest, beautiful, and effective. Today, we're talking to Liana Guzman, the CMO of Skillshare, about how strong branding impacts performance marketing. Before we jump in, make sure to click the link below to get access to our free bonus content. And if you've been enjoying the show, we would love it if you would leave us a review. It takes about 20 seconds and it helps other people like you find the show and hear from these amazing marketers. Make sure that in your review, you leave your Instagram handle so that we can send you a gift as a thank you. Now, let's jump into our conversation with Liana. I, I got into marketing totally by accident. So I, I graduated from college, very sure that I was going to be a lawyer. And then mm. um, I took a job as a paralegal. My dad at the time said, if you don't go to law school right out of college, you will never go. And I, and I mm. essentially said, you don't know what you're talking about, but as is often the case, dad was right. So um, I took a job as a, I really wanted to move to New York City. So I took a job as a paralegal. Expected that to be a two-year stint mm. before law school. And, um, you know, in the course of that year, what I realized was I thought I wanted to be a lawyer because I had this vision that lawyers find um, really novel solutions for nuanced problems. Mm. And what I realized in my year as a paralegal is that actually it's a really precedent-bound profession. And so they're not looking mm -hmm. for novel solutions. They're really looking to fit square peg, round hole. How do we do what we did in the past and, and sort of apply it to today. And so um, as I was coming to that realization, a friend of a friend said, hey, you know, I know the owner of the New York Film Academy. He's looking for a marketing director. I think you'd be perfect. I had a pretty awful perspe perspective on marketing. I mean, I, I genuinely just did not think it was what people who wanted real careers did, um, which wow. is all to say, but true. And, uh, and she stuck, she stayed with me, which is so lucky for me. She kept saying, I think you should look into it. I think you should look into it. And as I sort of dug into it, I realized what I thought I liked about law was actually far more true about marketing, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. really good marketing is about um, taking something that is often not well understood and finding ways to bring it to the masses um, and to do it in a way that feels um, really human centered and uh, and really, you know, and I've, I've opted to work in places where I'm also um, doing that for really innovative ideas. So helping to sort of rewrite the way we operate as a global society in one way or another. Um, so, so that's how I got into marketing. And it's been far more years than I care to share. Uh, probably about 15 or 16 years um, that I've, I've been in marketing. And, and again, there was that you know, few year stint as a COO um, uh, at blockchain, but otherwise in marketing. So why, so why marketing? Now I've got it. Why yeah. Skillshare? How did you get there? So I've, I've worked in three really different industries. All, all, you know, all of them were interesting to me because of their mission. And at Skillshare, um, it really is around the power of creativity uh, and curiosity. So, yeah. um, you know, our mission is to inspire discovery through creativity. And as I was thinking about the role, um, I was really drawn to this idea of being able to redefine what it means to be creative. You know, mm. I think sometimes we think of that as being, wow, we're artists with a capital A. Mm -hmm. um, but we're all creative, right? Like if you held a crayon as a child, you're creative. If you yeah. figured out a way to structure information in an Excel spreadsheet that is new and different, you are creative. Um, yeah. And so I think at the highest level, it was it was the ability to be part of reshaping that in a, in a more global way. Um, and then I think it's the stories. You know, we, we'll talk to, you know, and, and as I was interviewing um, and shortly after I joined, I, I talked to both students and teachers on our platform. And 
there was a woman who was a big traveler and she broke her hip. She was bed bound mm -hmm. and really sort of dipping into depression. And her granddaughter introduced her to Skillshare and she used our website to um, build a, 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 a travel site so that she could sort of live vicariously through her previous trips. Wow. Um, while also sort of feeling like she was moving forward, she was learning new things. And so that is really what brought me in was, was this idea at the macro level of shifting what it means to be creative and at the micro level to be part of a company that is, um, I think a really bright spot on the internet. It's incredibly, there, we have yeah. an incredibly collaborative, supportive community. And so to be a part of that was really, really compelling for me. Bright spots on the internet is an important business to be in for sure. Few and far between. Oh yeah. I yeah, I love what you're saying about redefining creativity because I think there's um there's a really toxic idea out there that you've either got it or you don't. And I um I've been directing for I don't know, 7 years or something. And I look back at my career, I'm like, I used to be a terrible director. And now I'm a halfway decent director. And I'm like, that's not because I was born being good at this. It's because I was given opportunities to fail and try again. And that's what it takes in order to be a good creative. And we get that about everything else in our lives. But for some reason, it's like if you're trying to be a photographer or a painter or whatever, it's like if you don't knock it out of the, of the park on your first try, you feel a certain way about yourself. Yes. And so, yes. yeah, tell me about that mission. I didn't realize, I, now that you mention it, I've, I see it in your ads. I see it in your creative, but I didn't realize that was so core to what you guys were, were doing. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love just hearing you tell that story because, you know, it, that's what energizes me is being able to, mm. you know, sort of um, bring that story to life for so many of us. You know, we have, um, we have a teacher on our platform and I, I'm forgetting, it's one of three gentlemen and I can't remember which, so I'm not, I'm not gonna name mm. names in case I get it wrong, but um, he does uh, a poster a day challenge. And um, you know, he says, if you go back to his first poster at the beginning of, of when he started doing it and you look at his 365th poster, they are significantly different, right? Yeah. And he yeah. is, he's a trained artist. I mean, you know, I think that that's true for all of us. And so um, I think for us, a big part of our mission is the journey is more important than the destination. So when we were launching our new brand identity, you know, we uh, we picked a, a green called Wander Green because so mm. much for us is it's Love about green, wandering. By the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, you know, we have these big squiggly lines and the whole idea there mm. is there's no beginning, there's no end. It's really about the journey. And, you know, it, it, and, and I think when you sort of take some of these classes, you realize that firsthand. I, I've taken a bunch of our classes and I don't know that, although I will say, I, I actually have some art that I put up on our wall. It's probably not amazing, but I'm proud of it. And, and more importantly, like the meditative state that I went into when I was creating, I mean, you sort of give yourself permission to forget the world around you and yeah. really just kind of dive into creation. And I think anytime you create, like creation begets creation you know and so you walk out of that process maybe what you created isn't something amazing but your brain is now suddenly thinking in a much more innovative way i think that makes a huge difference i um i often say like ideas only replenish once they're spent and so many people like will hold on to their best idea because they want to wait till they're good enough to do it and i'm like if you do that that will always be your best idea but if you yeah. do that right now you'll have a better idea the second you're done Yes. It just yes. And I think space. it's a good idea that's having an end point too. It's like, do the mm -hmm. idea and then do it again and then do it again. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and every time will feel different and, and you'll learn something new from it and, um, and you'll surprise yourself along the way. So I think it's an incredibly powerful process. Hmm. That's amazing. 
I, I want to chat with you a little bit about the, the process of finding the right people. Because it's not like, you know, some organizations, it's like, there's a certain type of people, person who wants this product and it's really easy to then identify them. But it's a very different type of person who wants to learn these different skills that you guys are offering. And so how do you go about, about finding, those, finding those groups? Yeah, so I think a big step for us was about a year and a half ago when we launched the new brand identity. Mm. Um, so just two seconds of, of background, we've been around for about 11 years. Um, we initially were sort of, an, you know, across the board model. So um, we are an open platform. So, you know, if you wanted to upload classes on film, um, you could, and and we encourage that. We think it's a really um, big differentiator for us in the market. And so, um, but, but we literally had classes that spanned, you know, a workout class, a cooking class, um, a coding class. I mean, you know, really across the board. Mm. Um, about two years ago, we sort of took a step back and, and, you know, we were hitting our 10 year anniversary and I think it was a natural moment of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And um, we did a pretty big exercise where we, um, we went out to the market, we looked at sort of competitors in the market, we looked at the industry more broadly. Um, and then we talked to a lot of folks. We talked to folks who had, who were on the platform and were passionate, folks who had been on the platform and left, um, teachers, et cetera. And what came out at the end of that was this realization that creativity broadly defined um, was really our sweet spot. It was where mm. the, the classes we were not only creating, but that folks were uploading onto our platform were of the highest quality. Wow. Um, but then also it was, those were the classes where our, our you know, students, our learners were, um, were getting the most value. And yeah. so we decided to pivot to be really focused on creativity. And so I think that was the first step. You know, I think that was the day we decided we are not going to be everything to everyone, um, which means, you know, there are folks who are on the platform for whom we are no longer the right, the right yeah. destination because they're not interested in this, in this content. Our argument would actually be that um, everyone, this, at, this speaks to everyone at some, at some level, um, mm -hmm. because like I said, we define creativity pretty broadly. Um, so, but that was the first step. And so really what we're looking for are folks, you know, are folks who are lifelong learners, um, who yeah. would identify themselves as such, who care deeply about self-improvement, um, who do not view themselves as, um, you know, who, who really subscribe to this idea that the journey is more important than the destination. So it's less about, oh, how are we gonna find the photographers? How are we gonna find the cooks? How are we gonna find, it's how are we gonna find the people who share this common ethos? Yes, I think, I think so. And I think mm -hmm. some of that is, um, you'd be hard pressed to find a better place on the internet for a lot of this learning. You know, when Adobe mm -hmm. launches a new product, we are their uh, exclusive education partner. So when they launched Fresco um, on the day it launched, there was nowhere else that you could go to take classes other than Skillshare. So to some degree, if you are a photographer or an illustrator or a graphic designer, who's looking to learn um, a really specific skill in the creative space, um, we're just, you're, you're very likely going to naturally find us. So that's interesting, that partnership that you were just talking about, where you are just the, the first people out of the gate with that, with that information. How much of your marketing is um, you going out and finding the right people to come to your platform? And how much of it is creating those strategic partners that forces them to come find you? Yes, I would say... So it's it's a bit of both. And then I would add a third element, which is we do focus a lot of our efforts on the marketing team on 
um, engaging the folks that we have on the platform. Really? So, hmm. um, so, so, you know, we have an incredible growth team that does a lot of work around finding folks where they are. So, um, we do a lot of YouTube sponsorships. We do a lot of, um, you know, paid advertising, et cetera. Um, but you know, then we have an, you know, an equally big team that focuses on, uh, engaging the folks once they're on the platform. So how do we learn more mm -hmm. about our users? How do we um, make sure that, that they're getting the value that they need and deserve from our platform? Uh, and for me, you know, the way that I think about marketing, um, I, I don't think of it as me trying to sell you on something. That, mm. That's not, um, that's sales. And, and that's not really what, what I'm passionate about, nor what I think is most impactful. So, so to me, I think of it more as brand than marketing is really the way that, mm. that we think about our team. And really that's about... At, at the core, who are you and what do you stand for? So I think of us as being the arbiters for helping define that for the organization and then helping us stay true to it. Um, and so we work really closely with our content team and our product team and our engineering team um, to make sure that, that we are really living our values um, on a daily basis and that we are adding value to the lives of folks. Okay? My perspective is this. I think when, when I started my career, performance marketing did not exist. Facebook had been created a couple of years earlier. Hmm. They had not yet figured out the ad model. You know, it was um, it was very much there was you know direct marketing, but it was like direct mail or events based marketing, et cetera. So when I joined, it was very much about building a brand. I think over the course of my career, the pendulum really swung to the other side, where it was only about performance marketing and yeah. only about ROI. And I think what we're seeing now is. You really can't have performance mark. I mean, you, you can have performance marketing without a strong brand, but it will only take you so far. Yeah. And I think the real magic happens when you combine the art and the science. So when yeah. you have, and we've seen this, right? Our growth efforts um, have grown tremendously now that they are supported by a much stronger brand. Um, mm. And so, you know, I think for me, it's about finding that magic, you know, sort of middle ground between the two. I will also say, you know, we do work hard to make sure that we're measuring some of these bigger brand bets. Um, and so, hmm. you know, we have brand tracking software that we that we use. We do brand list studies. Um, we do a lot of retargeting. So if we do something like a big out of home campaign, we will do, you know, we will layer retargeting onto that so that we have some, some metrics on how that's going. Yeah. Um, so I think it is it's that balance of, of measuring as much as you can, but also understanding that there is a fair amount of, of art to it. Um, and, and being able to being willing to take those risks, which I think is a lot easier to do if you do it in a really incremental way. So, um, Matt, our CEO and I were just talking yesterday and, uh, you know, I'm really proud of last year. We did a lot of new channel tests, a lot of which failed, if I'm being really honest, mm. um, or, or maybe didn't fail, but I wouldn't do them again necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they were great. We learned a ton from them and we feel good about the way we did them because we didn't put all of our eggs in one basket. We test things and really, you know, it's that balance of testing large enough that you don't look back on the test and say, well, what if we had put a little more money behind it? Would it have yeah. come out differently, but not so much money that you're sort of kicking yourself if it doesn't yield what you're hoping it will. Mm -hmm. um, and then building on that, which is, you know, we did that as an example with connected TV, went in with a very small budget found that it works. So we've continued to increase our budget. Um, and then there comes a point where, oh, diminishing returns on spending more. And so then you sort of pause and find the sweet spot. So that's how, that's how we think about it. Yeah, that's great. I think for me, it's like, there are some companies that start with that sort of more salesy ROI stuff and then sort of build brand into the back end of that. And then there are companies like you guys who start with brand and let everything flow from there. 
And I think it's maybe feels like the riskier, the riskier way to go, but it, it uncaps the potential of like what those other pieces can do for you. I agree. And I also think it provides a really clear, um, sort of path. It illuminates the path you're on. You know, I, I hear a lot when I'm having conversations, well, how do you decide whether to do this or this? And it's like, well, if you have your North star, if you've put the work into figuring out what your brand is, those decisions are, they don't often come up. It's very clear where you should be focusing your efforts. Um, and so I think it's, it's more work at the outset, but it Mm -hmm. will make that up very quickly. So if you were to be chatting with somebody who is um, a year and a half back from where you are now, who is thinking about doing a brand positioning shift, what are some of the big things that you learned along the way that have made your, um, your shift successful? I would say a few things. Um, I think one, make sure you do a brand lift study before and after. Tell me um, about that. So we, we do it in two ways. We have um, some brand tracking software that we can follow in real time. So, you know, if we launch a campaign, we can sort of see how our brand equity score is moving up or down. Yeah. Um, but we did an actual brand lift study. So we hired a researcher to come in and, mm-hmm. and survey, um, you know, brand awareness, both aided and unaided. Uh, and then also sort of what people associated with our brand. Uh, and we did, and so it's, it's an investment because it's expensive and it's a long term. So we did this study, um, right, right as the brand was launching. So before sort of it had permeated, um, Mm -hmm. and then we did it again at the beginning of this year. And, you know, we learned that our brand, our unaided awareness doubled, our aided awareness went up by 20%. So without that, you can sort of, um, back to the point you made earlier of, it not being as clear an ROI, you know, it gave us the tools to be able to show, and I'm very lucky to work alongside executives and a board that understand inherently the power of brand, but mm-hmm. that is not the case for everyone. And I think having, um, you know, the, the numbers to show the impact um, is really important. And so I think that that's one piece of advice I would give. Um, you know, I say this all the time, probably to, to the point of ad nauseum, but, you know, really start with the why not the what, like, Hmm. why do you exist? And how are you making people's lives better? Hmm. Um, I think people too often go to, and I, and I've done this, I've totally done this in previous branding exercises where, um, you go to like, let's build a new logo. And that should actually be the very last thing you do. Um, you know, because it's not about a different look and feel, right? Like if you look at something like Facebook, the name is not particularly, uh, life altering. The logo is not, especially interesting. Um, they didn't, that, that's not really what matters. It, what matters is sort of what you imbue into that. And I think you yeah. can't really do that effectively if you don't know um, what you stand for and who you are and, and what need you're filling. So um, my second piece of advice would, would be to, to make sure you start with that. And then my third piece of advice is um, make sure, you know, it is very important that you don't democratize the process too much. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if there's too many voices, then what ends up happening is you end up with the thing that everyone feels okay about yep. versus the thing that half the people love and half the people hate. And actually a really strong band is often more, it's more important to be the thing that half the people love and half the people hate. So, um, it's a fine balance, but I think making sure you get buy-in, um, and that you do bring the right stakeholders in from the beginning, what you don't want to do is put all this work in and then feel like you have to convince people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's good. you want them to feel like. Oh, I had a say in building that, and they are—they are—they want to convince people on your behalf. Um, and so I think 
I think that's the other, the third piece of advice that I would give. That's so good. I, marketing is such a balance of art and science and that idea of like, yeah, I, f I feel like the, the best picture winner every single year is like everybody's third favorite movie because yeah. of the do democratization of how it's voted on. And with brands, it's like that is a necessity that you need to be polling everybody. But if you just leave it there, you're going to end up with everybody's third favorite thing. And it's not really going to be extra special. That's right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films. Lamphouse is a production company that creates film-centered marketing campaigns. If you want to chat with us about your next campaign, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at josh at lamphousefilms.com. Just a reminder to click the link below to get access to our bonus content. It's totally free. Also, we would love it if you guys would take the time to leave us that review. And don't forget to leave your Instagram handle in the review so that we can send you a gift as a thank you. Marketing Conversations is a production of Lamp House Films and is produced by Lauren Zare and Malia Irby. I'm your host, Josh Henry. Until next time, stay inspired and let's keep the conversation going.